October is dedicated to Our Lady of the Rosary. So let us begin by asking for the Blessed Virgin Mary's intercession as we pray one Hail Mary. So we please join me. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. During this liturgical year, one thing we, we do is we're going through the Gospel of Luke. And it's really important as we journey each year to know, like, what was their background? So Luke is a physician. And we got to the, the point in this, in this Gospel today where, where Jesus begins healing. And it's one of the desires of, of St. Luke is to reveal Jesus as divine physician. Uh, you and I go to the doctor because we're sick, if our body is sick. And we, when we don't feel well, but in one image of, of Jesus is being a soul doctor. Doctors wear stethoscopes, uh, but when you go to the, the, the priest who is a, a spiritual doctor, a soul doctor, so to speak, he wears his purple stole as like a spiritual stethoscope to heal the people of God and to continue God, Jesus' priesthood. So a priest will wear that stole when he's baptizing children to take them from the hand of the evil one to the hand of God. Or when he's hearing confessions to, to reconcile you back to the Father so you may know your identity as a beloved son or a beloved daughter. Also when he's anointing the sick, like sometimes our souls are sick and the Lord has compassion on us. In St. Luke, he, he focused abundantly on the healing of the sick in his Gospels. And one way of, of overcoming sickness, especially this being soul sick, having, being sick with sin, is gratitude. Lepers in today's gospel, they're, they're crying out to Jesus, and, and they felt like outcasts. They felt judged. They felt unwanted, rejected, and, and they asked Jesus to have pity on them. And that, that, that pity is to have deep compassion upon the state of my being that is on their suffering. They asked Jesus for this healing, and the thing is, he does it. I don't know how long they had leprosy. I don't know how long they felt rejected, but he answered that. And, and they were commanded by Jesus to go show themselves to the priest, yet only one out of the ten realized he was healed. And, and why would that be? And my guess is because some of them, they just don't slow down. They're just going so fast, going through the motions. So the one that I would say slowed down actually looked and saw, like, I'm changed. But he actually went to the right priest. A lot of people forget that Jesus is a priest. And he realized that Jesus is a true priest. So Jesus said, go show yourself to the priests. And this one went to the right one. And I wonder how much pride, you know, how much arrogance was in the other nine lepers. Because they're moving so fast. I don't, I don't need to go tell Jesus a thank you that he actually answered my prayer. And I wonder how much pride is in each of us, and I'm pointing fingers at myself again, when we don't slow down and, and thank him for what he is actually doing. The one leper came back to thank Jesus and was so grateful that he was moved to dropping to his knees, which is a sign of deep humility. But yet ingratitude, I would say, is one of the most pitiful states we, we see in our world today, especially in, those, in the lives of those lepers but can you almost hear like the sadness in the heart of Jesus? It's like, where are the other nine? 
I healed 10. And his heart is almost moved to sadness because of their ingratitude. And why does Christ Jesus, why does he value gratitude so much? I would say for two, two things he does. Jesus values gratitude um, because it's, it's, it's valuable for us and for our, the health of our souls. So firstly, gratitude keeps us grounded in truth, which is key for the, the ongoing relationship with Jesus. To be ungrateful with God is, is, first of all, disrespectful. It's unjust. But it's also, you're not even living in reality. You're living in a fantasy or you're living in a complete illusion of what's true. And to be ungrateful is also to be prideful. And to be, and being in that state should also get us on, on our knees to even repent. The simple fact is that everything you have is a gift from God. Creation life, your talents, your opportunities, your hope for heaven, the grace that helps you persevere in doing what is right or just simply that you just don't quit. Those are all gifts from God. I mean, and maybe just think about that for, for a moment. Like, what do you have that has not been given to you? What do you have that has not been given to you? Everything you have is comes from somewhere. Everything is a gift. But secondly... Gratitude is a great antidote for sin. Sin, what sin does, sin turns us in on ourselves like an ingrown, ingrown toenail. Now, I personally think feet are gross, so bear with me as I almost internally vomit right now. Um, but also, it, it, it opens up you to gratitude towards your neighbor, and, and, and ingratitude makes us feel like everybody else is a burden, or even I'm a burden. But the thing is, gratitude like directly contradicts all forms of pride, like self-centeredness, self-indulgence, self-absorption, even just like complaining. You've been around somebody who's complains 24-7. You almost like want to leave the room because nothing's ever good enough. Or even like that, that spirit of feel, always feeling sorry for myself. But what, what gratitude does is it, is it helps us make connections to what God's actually doing in our lives, but also it, it unites communities. So when you feel, when you see disunity, you should start thanking and praising God for what he's doing. And, and, and also it softens hearts. And for some of us, our hearts become so hard by ingratitude, like the Lord wants to shatter that tonight. And for anyone here who, who, who suffers with a hardened heart, and that can, be, that can even creep up as depression and anxiety, the beautiful thing is gratitude directly contradicts depression and anxiety. And also it, it just creeps in little by little each day as it gets darker and darker and darker in October and November because we lose sunlight. And also for those who, of us who find ourselves, sometimes we get overly negative or we get discouraged. Gratitude is a powerful response in that. And what a pity it's so rare. Gratitude. For anyone who struggles with distractions when you pray, Try turning to prayer, try turning your prayers to gratitude and thanking and praising God. It almost like washes all distractions away. And why is that? Why is gratitude so important? And I, I want to give you an image. The image is of, a, I want you to imagine a, a flowing river and it goes into a huge reservoir. Now, the, the purpose is, is huge reservoir, right? Of water. So gratitude is like a river that feeds this huge reservoir of water. But if we dam up that river with complaining and pride and just being busy, 
the reservoir will continue to be useful for a while. But little by little, it's going to dry up. And if we continue to neglect the virtue of gratitude, this is what happens to our souls. It, it almost like suffocates our souls. It becomes like a desert. I don't know where God is. The beautiful thing is God's uh, capacity for love is much greater than any, any human beings. And you and I are created for love and, and gratitude helps us be aware of that. And it's really important that this is not just me talking up here. It's an experience of a living person. And last week I asked you, have you actually experienced Jesus in a real way? I encourage everyone to pray the words, Jesus, please make yourself real to me. Have you done that? If not, let's just do that right now and pause for a moment. Instead of being like the nine who are ungrateful, let's just turn to the Lord and pray those words, Jesus, please make yourself real to me. So why don't we just do that out loud right now? Jesus, please make yourself real to me. Jesus loves you. And like your heart is created to be loved. And he loves you without limit. There's nothing you can do to make him not love you. There's no place you can go that he will not go. And what, what gratitude does, it, it just makes us think like, if I was the only person on earth, you would have, you would have died. Like, really, Jesus, you would have died just for me? Like, I mean that much to the Father that you would, you would have died just for me? And, like, gratitude turns our, our, our attention on God's goodness and what, what he's actually doing to show you and, and be with you and, and what walls he wants to break down. And when you thank God, you never forget. The one thing you never forget is that, is that you are loved, which is the only source of lasting joy. But when, when we neglect gratitude, we start focusing on ourselves and our own achievements and our own desires, but none of those things will, will satisfy you. Like all of us have that hole in our heart that only God can fill. And this is fundamental. It's, 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 it's a foundational thing for your soul. Just as no reservoir can keep itself full, it needs to be fed by a source outside of itself, higher than itself, and when we find ourselves becoming habitually bitter or angry, um, frustrated, stressed, or depressed, it's because our reservoir is getting low. Then we need, to, we need to immediately look back to God and open the floodgates of gratitude. And God's simply inviting us tonight to develop the virtue of daily gratitude, if not hourly gratitude, because he wants us to experience joy that comes from knowing that you're loved by him without limits. But like every virtue, you have to exercise it. It's like a muscle. And how do we exercise gratitude? Think, the good thing is it's very simple. It's just by saying, thank you, Jesus, for. And just don't ever stop. And it's never too late just to say, thank you, Jesus. And the beautiful thing is, it's, it's the sweetness of gratitude. It's like, it's like a good bottle of wine. Like the longer you let it, you let it sit on the shelf and, and you, you just take time with it. Over time, it's going to get sweeter and sweeter. And this, this week's challenge for us um, is, to, is to thank somebody else. 
by writing them a letter saying, thank you for what difference they've made in your life. Like all of us are in a debt of gratitude to so many people who have helped us get to this point in our life. Think of your parents or your mentors, coaches, or pastors, right? Those people who have, who have sacrificed for you, taking you to practices, taking you to school, getting you up in the morning, bringing you to mass when you didn't want to go, right? Or maybe you had different teachers. I, I had one teacher, I can remember this, like it was yesterday. A freshman in high school, total punk, totally full of myself, extremely insecure, but nobody would have known that, right? Um, but I was in, in physics class, and my teacher said to me, if you get one thing out of this class, this is it, so listen up. And he said, there's two types of people in this world, people that live for themselves and people that live for others. I'll never forget that day. And it, it didn't take, it took until about eight or nine years later when I emailed him back, just telling him that I was going to be ordained a priest and I was so excited to, to do this. And I want to say that, that's, that day changed my life. Email, he emailed me back and he said, I knew you were listening that day. So I want to say, let you know, um, I'm Catholic. And the summer when I'm not at school, I go to mass every single day and I still serve at mass. I'll be praying for your ordination. It took a long time for that, that message to get from my head to my heart. So it's also never too late to say thank you to somebody, even somebody who maybe did something when you're two or three or four or five years old. Maybe you have a relative or a neighbor who's, whose witness just always inspired you to be better. And just think of all those people who, who fight for our country, all the soldiers who fight for truth. Also those people who, who we take for granted, like all of our police, fire personnel, um, <coughs> statesmen, like... I don't know if you'd want to be a police officer this past weekend in the embarrassment around campus, which we call pub crawl, but those guys were sacrificing for total debauchery. And I'm guessing people said awful things to them. I'm guessing they're losing hope, but they, they sacrificed for us, right? So the challenge this week is to write a letter to somebody, say thank you for them, for what, what witness they're making. And those letters make a difference. But also as, as we journey this semester, we're journeying with St. Joan of Arc, but she believed what, what gratitude did is actually purified her intentions. It streamlined everything else she did because she didn't seek applause. She wasn't looking for a ribbon for everything she did. She didn't look for a medal. She sought this, her mission. She sought the will of God, not glory. She, she knew her identity as a beloved daughter of the Father, and that was enough for her. She received applause often on the battlefield, but what happened to those people who applaud her? They betrayed her. And she was still grateful because she never lost her interior peace. She didn't want to be recognized. She only wanted Jesus to be recognized, especially in the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Like, do you recognize the gift of Jesus in the Mass? That'll, he'll be present here. Like, Jesus will be here on this altar Bread and wine are, will be changed into his body and blood. Like, do you recognize him or is it still all about you? Like when you come to Mass, we're called to come and thank him and, and, and realize life is not about you. It's about him. But the beautiful thing is there, there's so much weight and pressure taken off your shoulders. And I don't think any of us want more weight on our shoulders or more stress, right? 
Last thing. Maybe you're just like, I, th- I could really use like a miracle in my life right now. Like life is hard. Or maybe you know somebody's life is hard. I want to talk about two miracles that happened um, about 500, one happened 500 years ago, about 500 years ago, and one happened about 150 years ago. On October 7th in 1571, there was a fleet of ships assembled uh, by the combined forces of Naples, Sardinia, Venice, the Papacy, Genoa, Savoy, and the Knights of Hospitallers. They fought intense battle against the Turks or the Ottoman Empire, and they were getting their butts kicked left and right. And this is such a crucial battle. The battle took place in the Gulf of Patras, which is located in western Greece. Though outnumbered, the Ottoman forces went against what they they called the Holy League. And they had superior firepower. This victory ultimately ultimately, um, would curtail the Ottoman Ottoman Empire, excuse me, to control the Mediterranean Sea, causing a seismic shift in the international relations from east to west. I would, I would make this claim with this battle. In some respects, like I don't think this can be overstated. Like The world we know would not be the same if this battle didn't happen. It would actually become be known as the Battle of Lepanto. Pope Pius V, whose treasury bankrolled this endeavor, ordered the churches of Rome for, the prayer, for prayer day and night, encouraging the faithful to petition the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary by daily recitation of the rosary. When word reached Pope Pius V of the victory, he added a new feast day to the liturgical calendar called Our Lady of Victory, which I like that better. But now it's known as the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. And the lights turned out, so that just happened. Um, Another miracle that happened, happened in our own state. Same time as the Chicago Fire. And there was an even bigger fire in Wisconsin called the Pastrigal Fire. And the Blessed Virgin Mary had been honored to appear to Sister Adele Bryce in the year 1859. And it's, it's the only approved Marian shrine in the United States. And Adele Bryce and her companions at the chapel knew that they could not escape the fire. So they took a statue of the Blessed Virgin Mary and processed around the grounds. And people there began to flee because they knew it was a holy site. And the people there were a lot like that one leper today. Because they dropped their knees as they prayed the rosary, begging Mary to bring the grace of her son Jesus over this place. The winds that day were between 70 and 80 miles an hour, blowing that fire is really fast. Like 20, up to 2,400 people are believed to have died that day. The most people who ever died in a fire in the United States, and they believe the, the fire went over the top of the, of the site, and the, the, it, some people say it reached up to 100 to 150 feet high. It was just a miracle around this place. Everything in the neighborhood was burned except the school and the chapel and the fence, and you can even still go see this, a fence to this day one side is totally charred and the other side is totally safe. Because that six acres was consecrated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And maybe you're in need of a miracle. Maybe you're, you're thinking, I could really use a lot of help. So at, at Lepanto, 
and just north of here, about an hour north of here, this rosary led to miracles. And is there anything that you just need a miracle for in your life? Like, I'm super grateful the day I was challenged to carry a rosary on me every single day in my pocket and begin praying the rosary every day. I didn't even know what I was doing at, at first. But I, I began to hear this quote, which I love from St. Louis de Montfort. And he said, a Catholic without their rosary is like a knight without their sword. Like you don't go into battle without armor, right? And I would add, the rosary simply works miracles because the rosary just works. Just as it's a miracle that, that God became one of us. And after the Paschal fire, the thing that the people would do is they'd go back every single year and they'd say thank you for, for keeping them safe. You know, to say thank you to, to the Blessed Virgin Mary who gave flesh to Jesus. Like God became one of us in Jesus. And we would not have any hope if Mary didn't say yes to the angel Gabriel to bring us a savior. She was obedient to God the rest of her life. And we all ought to be grateful that she actually wants to help you know her son. You said, I want... Jesus, please make yourself real to me. Like the person he was realist to is the Blessed Virgin Mary. Like to say thank you to the Blessed Virgin Mary, if we do that, it, it just sheds greater light upon the cross. To say thank you to Jesus will always bring us a deeper awareness of what he's doing in our lives. Even the word Eucharist means thanksgiving. And Jesus is just going gonna to be here in a few moments on the altar and when you receive him today, I highly just invite you to do two things. Say thank you, Mary, and thank you, Jesus. Like, what a pity it is for us at times when we don't even say thank you to Mary and Jesus. And if you don't own a rosary, if you don't know how to pray it, like, I would love to teach you. And I'll get you a rosary. We have plenty of them at the, at the Newman Center. But maybe just start praying the rose every day if you need a miracle. And over time, you'll, you'll drop to your knees in gratitude for all that Jesus has done and is doing in your life. If, if you don't, if you don't, you're going to dry up like that reservoir that's meant to be filled with gratitude. So this week, will you be grateful or ungrateful? Will you be standing or will you drop to your knees? The choice is yours.